0: American football in Finland.
1: The voice in your ears is perfect purpose and this is American football in Finland. Today I'm joined by my co-hosts Coach Q and Chris Green. What's going on fellas? What's going on?
2: Hey man, how's it going? Good to be back again. Another week in the Maple League. Let's get it.
1: Yeah, buddy.
2: The AFF
1: podcast is available wherever you listen to your podcast. We're currently available on more than 25 different platforms. The show is also available on our YouTube channel. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. It's first down. We get a chance to start fresh and discuss whatever is on our minds. What's on your minds, fellas?
2: Um, ELF, they had a week off last week, back again this week. Uh, Big upset as well. The Frankfurt Galaxy beat the Vienna Vikings, who were previously unbeaten. So a bit of a shock defeat in the ELF. And the Frankfurt are really pushing for that playoff spot now, trying to make that final four. So interesting to see what they were bringing to the party. And being able to knock off Vienna is big for them um, in the playoff race.
0: Oh, man. Uh, we're getting to the gritty, the gritty, gritty of football, football season for Finland anyway. But hey, American football and America just started, so that's what I'm happy about right now. I'm kind of about real that. football now, yeah,
1: yeah, man. Now I got to piggyback on what you said too. Um, I love that. I just now thought about that. Um, uh, my fantasy football league is about to get started up. I already had to discipline some people and reward some people because we had some preseason adding and dropping players from rosters that's illegal and someone put up a screenshot and someone called somebody a snitch and it it got Uh, I'm in a I'm in a 16 player league in fantasy football and it's like a a $20 buy-in but you can win 200 bucks around Christmas time so that's kind of nice to have uh, when the season's Mm -hmm. over. And someone was like, so you just going to reward the tattletale? I was like, man, I have to. This league is serious. Like, anytime you dealing with people with money, I don't care how much money it is, can't be doing all that illegal trading type stuff, especially oh, no. with, with fantasy football. It's like, it really don't matter what you do anyways because a player is going to do what they're going to do. I do feel for anybody that has either Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield. Ooh. I feel like you just, you're just just not in a good situation. Like, Yeah, I think I had Teddy Bridgewater last year. I feel better about that. (laughs) 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 So the players of the week have been announced on social media channels earlier this week. But, of course, we're going to explain our picks in depth outside the stats. First, let's go up with the offensive player of the week. Nolan Corbin, who had seven receptions, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. I'm going to start off on Nolan by just saying, dude, calm down. Like, he was out there just showing up big play after big play after big play. Like, when the Crusaders needed something, like, he was that guy. And he's not originally a receiver. You know, he's a defensive back playing both ways. Him and his brother both, you know, sharing times and, doing what they can to make this team competitive. But he's a downfield threat. He has speed and he has really soft hands and he's just able to get open. He got past defenders and you give him the ball to him. He's catching it. He made one catch, which was really impressive. It was in between like two or three receipt defenders. And, you know, the quarterback put it in a tight window and he had to kind of launch to his right and dive catching it in between defenders. And it's just a a very, high-talent type of play from someone that is not, you know, traditionally a receiver. He just really stood out this week on the offensive side to me.
0: I think it's the same thing, man. He was all over the place, um, had one of the best games that obviously you could have as a receiver. Um, but that's what you want to do. You want, you want you know, a guy like that on your offense that can can put up points basically put you in games because Crusaders have been kind of inconsistent um, yeah. from game to game. So it was nice to see them have some type of, uh, you know, progress as far as their offense. And, I mean, seven receptions, 100, almost 150 yards. Like, you can't beat that. So um, Nolan, he did everything he could to give his team a chance. You know, Shea had a um, a pretty good game, too. He threw over, what, four-plus four, four plus touchdowns. So um, it was a, you know, it was an exciting game to watch, actually. It wasn't a bad game. Um, you know, they were in it always until the end, you know, just came up short, so. But Nolan Carpenter definitely deserves, uh, you know, offensive, some offensive love this week.
2: Yeah, I mean, props to both the Corp and brothers. I mean, every week they continue to impress for the Crusaders. Statistically, if anything else, yeah. every time they're both putting up big numbers over that be on defense or offense or a mixture of both. And they're really holding it down for UNC. And it's nice to see them being a little bit more competitive. OK, we'll be against the Butchers, but still a really great game. And and Nolan, just like you say, that catch was crazy. Big, big game, 143 receiving yards and three TDs. Like, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? I mean, he's definitely one of the players uh, which has stood out this season for the UNC Crusaders. It's nice to talk about them for once. Yeah, right. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> something
1: positive. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it before we talk about it. Well, that's what happened when you played Dallas Cowboys of Finland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm back, people. You're married. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, talking about the defensive player of the week, we went with the uh, Corpio Steelers defensive lineman, Julian, or is it Julian? I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry. I want to say Julian K. I'm going to say K. I can't pronounce last name. Uh, the French defensive lineman who had five tackles, three tackles for loss, and one sack in the Steelers' destruction of the Senegal Crocodiles. Um, just, again, I'll, I'll start it off on Julian. What I noticed was, no matter what, in about a second and a half, two seconds tops, number 48 was in the backfield. Like, that's just yeah. what I noticed. And, like, I didn't look at the dude's stats. I was like, dude, I, I got to figure out how to pronounce his name. Like, i, I just been calling him – there's number 40 and there's number 48. i just been calling them the other guys. No offense. I'm call them, the other guys outside of Ikeem, but in this game, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to learn this guy's name because he's like he's a little too consistent." And in this game, I feel like the the Crocodiles have a, a good def- offensive line, not a bad one like most teams, but they just couldn't handle this the Steelers, you know, front seven. And Julian was really the catalyst, in my opinion, for this off the edge. Um, Actually, uh, the other guy, number 40, was doing okay as well, but I really felt like Julian was what drove the rest of the defensive line in this game. I felt like he put pressure and let other guys make plays, and then he was also able to make plays, which was just crazy. I was like, obviously, they can't block them all. That's the problem. (laughs) But he was (laughs) the one that stood out to
2: me. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, if you look at the stats – the American linebacker, Colby, was obviously the top stat leader for that game for the, for the, um, the Steelers. But what a force. There's a play, which I think, and you mentioned number 40, Roulette, as well. There was a play, which I remember, where both of those guys just came steaming off the edge and just got straight yes. to the quarterback and absolutely nailed him. And like you say, one second, he's in the backfield, like crazy speed. And just, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a tough guy to plot and very fast and explosive.
0: Uh, I agree with you. Um, a very, very active defensive player. Um, still has got, you know, they got a baller in him. So uh, ever since he's been there, he's been pretty much, you know, shown in, in some highlights. Uh, he's pretty active in the run game. Um, he helps in the pass game. You know, it's, it's a nice boost of energy to have on defense. And uh, he definitely balled in this game. He was everywhere. Three three tights for losses, You can't beat that. One sack. I mean that's a great game for for a D lineman or a linebacker. So um, he definitely showed up, showed out, and you know he helped Corpio get that win. So uh, it was a good game by him.
1: Yeah, and that's players of the week. Both of these guys did really good, and um, really good to see, you know, different guys step it up. Um, we tried not to be too biased. You know, we could always just give it to Lee Anthony Reason over every week. <laughs> but he, he has a, a good team around him that and people need to be noticed. So we make sure that you guys know that we're watching more than just the, the normal stars in the league. Um, you know, Nolan excluded because he's just doing crazy things out there. Uh, so that's
2: players of the week. OK, so we got the section of inside the numbers. Obviously with me, Chris Green, and we're going to start with the top offensive performances this week. I've been a bit greedy and I've gone with four because I couldn't quite decide between the last two. So I've gone with Shea Netter of the UNC Crusaders. He was 20 of 32 with two picks for 377 yards and six TDs through the air. The Anthony Reasonover, of course, of the Coopio Steelers, 23 carries, 161 yards and four TDs on the ground. He was a force to be reckoned with, as always. Next, we've got Seth Rowland of the Porvoy Butchers. He was 12 rushes for 143 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And then finally, Nolan Corporan of the UNC Crusaders, as previously mentioned as Player of the Week. He had seven receptions for 143 yards and three TDs in the air. Defensively, we're looking at the stats here. So we've got Colby Campbell of the Quapio Steelers. He had seven solos, three assists. 0.5 TFL, a forced fumble, which he ripped out of the running back's hand, uh, receiver's hands, and he recovered the fumble himself. Next up, we've got Julian Koa, also of the Coapio Steelers. He had four solos, two assists, 3.0 TFLs, and one sack. And finally, we've got Timmy Nuka of the Pauvoo Butchers. He had five solos, nine assists, one tackle for loss, and one pick. Let's look at the best team performances. So offensively, we'll start with that. Passing yards, we had the UNC Crusaders. They had 377 yards of passing offense. Rushing yards this week, it was the Butchers with the most rushing yards. They had 289 yards on the ground, mainly through Seth Rowland and Brandon Gwinner. And then total yards, you've got UNC Crusaders. who had 512 yards of offense on the day. Big day for that UNC offense. Third down conversion, we've also got the UNC Crusaders. They were 4 of 11, which worked out at 36.36%. Defensively, the Coopio Steelers' defense stood up and restricted Christian Powell and the Crocodiles to only 85 yards of passing. Zach Whitehead struggling in the passing game this week. Those Steelers' defensive backs doing their thing. Rushing yards, we had the Eagles. They restricted the Roosters to only 56 yards rushing. That's two weeks in a row now, the Roosters have got the least amount of rushing yards. Maybe a little problem there, or maybe they're just sticking to more of the passing game. Total yards, we've got the Steelers restricting the Crocodiles to only 145 yards of offense. And in third down conversion, the Eagles restricted the Roosters to only one of six, which worked out at 16.66%. And that's going to be it for inside the numbers. Are you looking for quality football apparel and accessories at an affordable price?
1: Rare Athletics is made for players by players. Head over to rare.se and get your drip today. That's R E Y R R.se. And use code AFF20 to receive 20% off all rare brand products. There's plenty of football going on in the world right now. There's always American football somewhere in the world. So, obviously, we want to talk about some of the top stories outside of the Maple League. Let's talk about the women's Maple League here in Finland that is back in action. After the World Championships, the women's league has one more week, week 10, before they start playoffs. First game, we have the Tampa Saints versus the Helsinki Wolverines. The Saints are the three seed right now, and the Wolverines have secured the one seed. So for the Saints in this game... It's pretty much seeing how they match up against the number one seed, but also securing the three seed, because if they lose, they could drop to the four seed. So a loss could put them in a four seed, potentially. The second game, the Loyal Lionesses and the West Coast Phoenix, Uh, bottom two teams won't make the playoffs, but they will get to – play each other and see who's best and the lioness have beat west coast already this season so west coast has not won a game this could be that reason and then the last game of the weekend is the turkey trojans versus the mickley bouncers the trojans are the number two seed pretty much locked up can't get moved out of it uh the bouncers are number four seed now if the bouncers win and the saints lose depending on like the ties because they both beat each other once I don't know what the difference is in score they could be in third place but if they lose they for sure will be the fourth place team so a little bit of tension going on in the women's maple league for this last week but really the teams are just gearing up for playoffs and trying to see where they fit in and then moving to our pick that we're doing that we have a bet on this between me Ellie and Becky uh, the the winner gets beer from the losers uh, Ellie is 20 and four. I'm 20 and four. And Becky is 19 and five. So, our picks this week will probably be determining who wins this bet. And I feel like I think I'm going to win. I feel like I'm going to win. <laughs> Feeling confident. Yeah. Feeling confident. I'm, I'm better in the women's victim than I am the men's. Just saying. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I was just saying. In the men's, I'm like dead last now. i you taking too many chances. I'm I'm ride or die with the Wolverines, and that has been helpful for me so far in the Women's League.
2: Oh, man. Is it the same with the Women's League? I don't know much about the Women's League, but is it the same with the Women's League that they are belt on the Wolverines? Or? Well, the, the thing is, the Wolverines, you can actually depend on them in this league.
1: Yeah, that's a okay. shot. You can depend on <laughs> okay. them in this league. If I pick the Wolverines, I'm good to go. Uh, Trojans are also very consistent, you know, but I, I've always chose the Wolverines over them this season just this season because I just – and actually I think I went with the Trojans first because they didn't win last year. But it, it's been pretty consistent between these teams. The only teams that really have made a, a mix is the bouncers and the Saints have kind of changed things up a little bit. And West Coast Phoenix is a good team, but they they just can't get wins. I, I still could say this and I feel confident. I feel like the West Coast Phoenix team is better than the Loyal Lions but I, I just don't feel like they're able to put it together. So in that aspect, obviously they're not. I guess they could be the Dallas Cowboys of the Women's League, but I won't go there that far yet. I won't go that far on them yet because I don't feel like that's fair. But let me get off of the Women's League, and last thing we want to talk about in other news is international competitions. Uh, we wanted to talk about the ELF, the ELF. Um, one month left until they get into playoffs. They just came off a break, like Chris said earlier. Um, top three teams right now. You got the Vienna Vikings, the Hamburg Sea Devils, and the Barcelona Dragons are all winning their divisions and looking like contenders to go to the, was it the Elf Bowl? What's it called? The championship. Is it called the Elf Bowl? Is it the Elf Super Bowl? The Elf Champions? Yeah, whatever. To the final those three teams look like I know know, it's in Austria I know it's in Austria (laughs) yeah maybe it's called the, the Austrian but I don't know but those three teams are the top looking teams but like we said Vienna Vikings just took their first loss and it was a bad loss to Frankfurt who is technically the returning champions of the league which in my opinion they're doing what we've we've been a we've been accustomed to seeing the Wasser Royals do in the past when they used to be in the Maple League is they take that break. They come back after they break. They have made a lot of changes. That's the only thing I can think that they've done to make it so dramatic in that game against the Vikings where they beat them like 42-8. to eight.
2: But, I mean, if, if you look at their roster, it's, it's really weird because they've got a lot of talent on paper, but they've been so inconsistent this season, like losing games that they shouldn't lose and then winning games that they shouldn't win. So it's that's, like that's, you say, that, off that, could that be break. What, that, yeah, that break has done, done hella good, yeah. That break, the break usually does
1: well for teams, just depending on who you are. I mean, Frankfurt's always been a good organization. We know that in terms of football. I won't speak on their, you know, personal issues. We know that stuff as well. I won't put all that in the air right now. But I do feel that this season, you've seen kind of a flip, like we said earlier in the season. Some of the the Bad teams from last year are better this year. Um Istanbul. Barcelona Dragons. Exactly. Like what? And even Berlin Thunder is a little bit better than they were. Um, The only team that really didn't make a, a jump was Stuttgart, Surge, which I've heard horrible things about them. I'm not going to say that on the air. It's not, yeah, it's not time to talk about that. But it does lead you to believe there's some parity in the league. I don't, I don't think the Istanbul Rams situation went great. But, again, you know, Barcelona didn't look good in their first year either. Yeah. So it it could easily be one of those situations where, you know, when you get into this league your first year, you got to take some bumps and bruises before you figure out what works for your organization. So besides Stugart's surge, it just looks like a lot of parity in the league. You know, even when the the Tyrell Raiders who joined the league and you expected them to be, you know, kind of like a juggernaut, they got humbled. Like there are some things yeah. they have to do in this league differently than what they did in Austria, where they were able to just kind of compete with the Vikings every, you know, every year. So it's, it's really interesting. I've always remained the same thought on the ELF. I think it's a great professional league. It's good for the ELF. Um, it's interesting to, you know, be an observer of. It's not anything that I'm, you know, emotionally, financially or personally invested in, but. I do appreciate the opportunity that those players and coaches and people involved are taking advantage of. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. That, yeah. And that would be other news. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community, but don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag, get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather or a comfy hoodie. You can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFL community can be found on our website at americanfootballinfinland.com forward slash merch. Well, we all know the results of last weekend's games, but let's explain which teams either won their game or which teams either lost their game. And this is win or loss. First game, Kotka Eagles versus Helsinki Roosters. Pretty easy. Roosters won. That's it. I mean, pretty easy. Um, interesting thing about this game is that I was watching the game and when I saw the Eagles, you know, come out in the little like wing T formation, start doing little triple options, sweep, jet sweep stuff. I'm like, okay. They're trying to, you know, slow the game down. They can possess the ball longer, then they can get in the shotgun, throw a couple of passes. They have a a nice rhythm to what they're doing, but they just don't have the players. They don't have the talent to compete against a team like the Roosters or pretty much most of the teams in this league. But I I did like the progression that they were trying. What I didn't like in this game that kind of rubbed me the wrong way is I distinctly remember last week saying my question to the Roosters was, can you put your foot on their neck? Nope. And they put in subs in the second half. They came out in the second half up 28-0, put in subs, only scored one touchdown. I didn't watch the second half. I don't I – as don't, yep. soon as teams started putting in subs, I turn the TV off because now you're just – they're just inflating stats and you don't really get to see what someone looks like against starters. And, I mean, it's disappointing. And the reason I'm disappointed is because the Roosters are still not a Maple Bowl team. Nope. Yeah, you turn some, some things around, you turn some things around, you're getting better, but the playoffs are coming. And I know I think next week, who do they play? They play the Crocodiles next week. So obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt. That's an important game, but you still need to work on things. There's things that you need to work on that you had time to work on that you didn't against live competition. It's different when you're in practice and going over schemes and how you're going to play and blase, blase. But you had a whole second half to put up another 28 points to figure out, you know, some different things you want to do. And this team went and did some crazy reverse throwback pass to the quarterback where they used the center to throw the pass. Did I don't know if you saw that. Miko Toyman.
2: And I, saw that yeah, I, I saw it. it. And, yeah, I saw it. And I was
1: like, that's just cheeky. Like, that's just. I, I didn't. I didn't like that. Like, I felt like that was like a little bit disrespectful to the Eagles, your opponents, but also just disrespectful to the fact that are you are you just playing to play? Like, are you just out there just playing football for the hell of it, or are you working towards a goal? And yeah. I feel like are you serious reason, contenders
2: this week or, uh, this this year or not? Like,
1: yeah, like they're just having fun, and that's cool if you want to have fun. But I feel like you're wasting opportunities out there. And, again, they won the game, and I guess that's all that they really care about. But now I know where they stand, and that's that's where the Roosters stand. They just want to win the games they can win, and that's cool. I got a lot mm. to say about who they're playing next week. So, moving on, yeah. the the next game that we're going to talk about – actually, I need to do, like, a pause. Uh, now we'll jump to the UNC Crusaders versus the Porvoo Butchers Q – who won and who lost this one? It was close.
0: So just go either yeah. way. Definitely, definitely a close one. Um, I'll say the Butchers won this one. Um, they did everything they needed to do, you know, to win the game. Uh it's, it's crazy because Brendan Gwinter, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was saying that he had something to prove. And um, ever since he started his season with with Porvo, like they've had a chance. You know what I mean? They they were a lot better team than what I thought they were gonna be. And I think a partially a big part of it is because of Brandon Gwinter and the, the confidence he has in his play, you know, Miko Seppin, making plays. Um, but defensively, they're still young, uh, which is why the Crusaders was able to put up the points they did. Um, and just don't have that stout defense, the stop offenses, which is why they're like in that median of you know, mid playoff team. And uh, but I think you know, they did everything they needed to do to win the game. They held on. Uh, they made the plays when they needed to make them, and they got the W, so um, Butch is definitely won.
1: Yeah, they won, but they sure look like the Dallas Cowboys do it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Dallas Cowboys of the <laughs> Maple <laughs> League. First, Like I took notes on this game, so I'm going to run it down for y'all. First of all, they jumped out 14-0 in the first quarter. And honestly, it would have been 21-0 if they didn't have a penalty that brought back a Brandon Gwinner touchdown. He ran a, a, the ball in, scored, but then there was hold there or something. So then they ended up turning it over in the red zone. And then UNC scores. So now it's 14-7. And then they they jumped, came right back and scored again. And it's 21-7. Um, like you said, their defense, I mean, they just don't got what it take because their defense just – kept the other team in the game and penalties, 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 penalties. Vue could have won this game by three or four touchdowns. It was for penalties. Legitimately penalties put them in a bad spot. And I think like what you said, their defense isn't good. Like that's just it is what it is. Your defense isn't good, but your offense can score. You got as long as you got Brandon Gwinter, you can run and pass. And I feel like they just not utilizing that complement strategy as a team. Because that offense, they could drive the ball a little bit more, but sometimes they throw it too much or don't rely mm. on the run game. Don't use Brandon's legs to have him throwing the deep ball to Lucas Arela who's a, a phenomenal receiver. But from what I've seen, him and Lucas don't always connect on those deep balls. Mm. And a lot mm. of times you don't have to throw those routes but they throw it so much. And obviously they're stretching the field and it leaves room for Miko Seppinen to come and do the middle and intermediate routes like he does. And he saved some plays with some acrobatic. That one catch that he had in this game, what was it, in the fourth quarter? Yeah. Where he went up and got that thing. Ooh, Miko. If we <laughs> if we was doing play of the year, that's the one for me. It was in the fourth quarter. with like four minutes left. Miko mm-hmm. went up and got that thing. It was great. But what it shows about their offense is the inconsistencies like what you said. But honestly, the inconsistency is their own fault. Like, the UNC did nothing defensively to stop them from scoring. They could have – crap, they scored 49 points. They could have scored 60. And So the only reason they didn't score was when they had penalties or when their play calling was so inconsistent that they couldn't put together a drive. And that's just that middle-of-the-road, all-potential – not as enough production team they've been all year. That's why like their record of four and six is very accurate of how they play. They easily could be six and four, but yeah. instead they're four and six. You know, and even in this game, I felt like their offense was really good. I just wanted to give a shout out to Seth Rollin, their running back. Okay, he's small. He's small in stature, but them boy legs be moving. Move because <laughs> when he gets the ball. Like half a second later, he's five yards past line of scrimmage. Like yep. it, like his legs are small and they don't like they don't look like they're moving fast. But he eats up ground so quickly, and he he's just a burst of energy. And I think it's really good that they've ha- added him to the team. If they would have had him to be in the season, we could be looking at a six and fourteen. I feel like their okay. run game is much improved, and there's a lot they could do with their run game. But they go away from it a little too early sometimes, and you know that's how they end up in tight games instead of just being a blowout game. Because it was mm-hmm. like 28, 28 at halftime, they should have been up by three touchdowns. It should have been 28 to seven. But again, last thing I'm say about it is that Braden Gwinter looking like an MVP out there. Oh yeah legitimately looking like an MVP. I think there's only one other person, and we all know who that other person is that would beat him for MVP, but that don't mean we don't respect what he's doing out there. He looks really good, but that, yeah. that's all I got on the game, but I I mean, hats off to the Crusaders, too. Oh, I didn't even talk about the Crusaders. Let me jump on the Crusaders <laughs> while I'm here. Uh, hats off to the Crusaders. My boy Shay Netter, he was out there threading the needle in that first half. like I wrote yeah. on my notes here, Damn, Shay looks very, very impressive with accuracy and he's getting pressure. So this guy, when he says hut, it's only a matter of a time before the butchers just over overpower his offensive line. But he still sit in there and be throwing dimes as he's getting hit. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of his highlights and even the photos you see online, this dude is letting the ball fly and then getting hit in the face. I don't know how he does that. I think that's very impressive because I know me, for one thing, I'm not throwing that knowing I'm going to get hit in the face. And then, two, even if you are throwing it, how do you make these very accurate, tight window throws? Like he's not throwing it to wide open receivers a lot of times. A lot of times he's putting it in spots where only his guys can get it, and he's fortunate that his receivers are going to get it, but he has to put it somewhere first. And he's doing a really Mm -hmm. good job of it. And it, it's really impressive to see that even though, you know, UNC isn't a great team, they have this type of power and capability to put up points based on a quarterback who is really, I want to say, underrated in this league. Gotcha. Like mm-hmm. at, when this, when the this season's over, people aren't going to be, you know, oh, Shane Netter came here and he just blew it up because of his team situation. But if you watch the film, he's a lot better than I thought he was. I've seen him play in Germany, and I thought he was an okay quarterback, but he does things that are almost impossible to do if you don't have a certain level of talent and skill that he has. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, point that out all the time. And this game was just really evident of it because he put the ball in spots and did it against pressure. He avoids pressure. He's elusive. But, of course, I got to keep it 100. There's some drawbacks. Second half, yeah. he came out and threw two picks, two drives, two picks. And Mm -hmm. throws that just didn't make sense to make. You know, that's just, it is what it is. That will probably bring his ceiling down a little bit. But, again, just like USC, even if they're not good, they have the potential. They have that high ceiling that they could be at any point. They could put up 40 points in the game. I don't think they can stop somebody from scoring 40. But I do think at any point they could put up 40. And I mean, their secondary isn't horrendous either. So you have to respect that. But their run defense just isn't that great. So that's all I want to say. Just a little, give a little love to Shane Netter out there. We see you doing your thing. Hey. It's hard to be a quarterback <laughs> in this league. And he's doing what he can with what he got. Yeah. Um, even you can see the whole team, you know, that whole team is full of guys just doing more than they should. And it's just really good that they can compete, um, unlike some of the teams in the league. I won't say any names. So that, that's all I got for it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next game is going to be the Cineo Crocodiles who played against the Coopio Steelers. We all know how it went down, but, Chris, just for, you know, our own sake, tell us who won or lost the
2: game. <laughs> how do yeah, you the Corpio yeah, the Steelers definitely won this game. My question was, Chris, it's the same question I asked when the two met earlier in the season. Christian Powell, can you outplay Anthony Reasonover? The answer, again, was no. God, I don't people are can. killing me on these questions. Yeah. Y'all know we ask them I mean, these
1: questions. You got to step up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't feel like the Crocodiles gave Christian Powell enough touches, like 13 carries he had and two catches in the past game. So I don't think he saw enough of the ball. You've got CP 15. You need to be given the ball at least 25 times a game whether that be rushing and passing, but you need to get the ball in his hands, 25 plus. Reason yeah. over, he had 20 carries. Exactly what you would expect, the one catch. And he produced. Uh, he put, uh, I think it was, there was a play, and I think it only went for about 15 yards, but he put Sido Jallo just on skates. Like he just went, uh, uh uh, just cut out and uh, went faster then made someone else miss. Um, and then one of the other things as well about Reason Over is he's a real good protector in the pass game, which goes unnoticed sometimes. He sent Kobe Mako a one way ticket to Cut Block City. Mm. Yeah, this guy came screaming through the line and he just upended flip his, shit. <laughs> he just flipped over, man. I remember that play on it was uh on the goal line, I think it was a pass. Complete to Yanni Linquist down to about the one yard line, I think it was. Okay, and he yeah. just absolutely smoked him. What's What's super on interesting? That, but, oh, yeah, the this... Corpio Steelers they didn't really need to. Oh, I couldn't understand what you said. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me? The Corpio oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, yeah. Okay. The Corpio Steelers didn't really need to lean on their pass game much this game, but. They've shown that they can do that when they need to. And in this mm-hmm. game, they didn't need to do it. They just said, there you go, Lee Anthony, go do your thing. And and he did his thing.
1: Worst part, worst part, oh not the worst part, but it was a little disheartening. When when Reason Over was just running, you like his his like body body language? Emotions, yeah, his body yeah. language was like, oh, they're not even like testing me like it was like he was like oh I gotta go through these motions and put up all these yards and they can't do anything about it you know like when when a, a player is playing you know say someone like me like when I'm I was in like middle school and I had to play football with my little brother you know and it's like I mean he's okay <laughs> but he can't hang so it's like after a while I'll get bored and that's what it looked like he got he got bored you could tell by, he scores a touchdown. He just gives the ball back and just goes to the sideline. Like, there's not even any elation or anything. Cause he's like, yeah, I could have done that in my sleep. He like, he breaks the tackle. He jukes somebody and he's surprised. Cause he's like, really? That worked? Like, really? You just can't tackle me? And then he scores touchdowns. And that's, again, I'm not, trying to come at the crocodiles defense i do think it's a decent defense but i just think that as a player like reason over is just a little bit better than what they can throw at him we yeah, haven't seen any defense that can contain him yet really
2: i mean from a neutral perspective this was the game of the week and it's the game that we wanted to see because the the Steelers are one at the moment the crocodiles are two it didn't really live up to any hype if i'm honest it just Goes to show that the Steelers are that much ahead of it and they're just running away with the league at the moment. And you know, if the Wolverines I, well, I don't disa- sort their stuff out. I disagree with I running didn't play away this with the league.
1: <laughs> I would, I mean, obviously, we're gonna talk about the Wolverines. We always bring up <laughs> the Wolverines, there's no way to avoid it. <laughs> they but, didn't even and this, play if We bring it up, didn't <laughs> even play, didn't even play. You know, it is what it is. But I think that when I think about the Crocodile Steelers and then I think about Wolverine Steelers. I do think the Wolverines have a, a closer match. Like this game kind of showed it, that the Crocodiles didn't play bad in this game. I honestly don't believe they played bad, but their defense had no answer for reason over. And then they the passing game, they didn't really, you know, I mean, the Steelers could do whatever they wanted to in a pass game if they wanted to. Like you said, they just didn't have to. But, again, when the Wolverines play them, they match up better talent-wise. And it's just one of those things, and I don't know if I said this on on the podcast yet this year, but the Crocodiles are one receiver away from being a team that can take the Steelers to the brink. And when I say that, I think that – I'm going to say the name. I think someone like Alpha Jallo is the person that they need. I think they, they don't have him. Yeah, they, they didn't get, get him. Them, but they don't have – like, I think Zach Whitehead is doing awesome this season. I love his game. Even offensively, I love the play calling. I like that they're mixing it up. I think 15 touches is okay for for Powell if you're able to complement it. But the problem is depend you can't depend that much on the Sarkala brothers. And I like them both. Um, the number 17, Sarkala, he's, he's finding his way in my heart recently. I'm loving the way he's playing. But he's not that dynamic playmaker that's going to change the game for you or when you need a pass. If you need a big play away from Christian Paul, he's not going to be that guy. It's just It is what it is. Everybody's not that guy. But if they had that guy, it would put pressure on teams like the Steelers to score. The Steelers were like, we're gonna score, so we'll just run the ball
2: and get out of here. But the Crocodiles weren't yeah. able to pressure them. Go ahead. Hmm. So, you say they need Alpha Jolly, right? Obviously, he's not available. He's with the Barcelona. Royals. You need to call your guy, man, Mr. Matthew Retzlaff. I was just about to say, I got another guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly the name. You need I'm to get thinking. that like, boy on the phone, man. And I knew that, you were thinking of it. That's why I said I, it. They need to mean, get I that think, boy on the phone.
1: I think they couldn't because I think uh Paul is still a American this year. I think that might be a situation that they need to find a a duel or a, a European guy or
2: something. I mean it's I just not he would slide right in there nicely.
1: Like yeah, it's just it's just not a lot of um what's it called? <laughs> it's not a lot of Timothy Thomas and Spencer Cutland's out there anymore, guys. You know, not willing to come out here. Even
2: well, though you, you, you can't anymore, can you? You can't sign UK guys because they no. count as an American, which is yeah, the stupidest rule I've ever heard, as well, by the way. Well, I mean
1: but stupid. Then you're you're not gonna find like skilled player Europeans that can play how you want to. You can go to France and hope you get lucky, but I mean, even then you don't really get anything better. And that's I guess that's the issue that the crocodiles have because they they were they've been heavy on having EU's and um, UK guys kind of being their skilled players, and I still feel like their defense is good. I, some sometimes you just don't match up well. They don't match up well against the Steelers defensively. They match up well against the Wolverines, they match up well against UNC, against the Roosters, against uh who else plays? The Butchers. Yeah, they match up well against all those teams defensively and offensively, they got to pick their times when they can beat those teams. And I think they do a good job of that. I really like their offensive play calling and how they mix it up. It's just you're not getting the success that you want. And it's not because of the it's not because of the play calling or situations, it's just because of the talent on the field. And they just are missing a little bit of talent, which is crazy because we're talking about the number two seed. And we're saying they're missing talent. But, Mm. I I mean, they have enough talent to beat the Roosters easily. I think that if they go against the Roosters in the playoffs, it's it's not a problem. But, again, they play against the Wolverines, talent is an issue. They play against the Steelers, talent is an issue. And this game, it was one of those games where, they had opportunity to to score. They could have kept this game closer than it was, but they didn't. And I don't really blame them. It was one of those things. Like even if you would have kept this game close, you never would have had a chance to win it. <laughs> so try things and see <laughs> if it works. And if it doesn't work, oh well. Now you're down by three touchdowns. As soon as you got down by one touchdown, the game was over. So what did it really matter? You just got to keep playing, and they did that. But I, I think the Steelers are. Are definitely set up now to cruise their way to playoffs. It'll, it'll be interesting for the next two weeks for the Steelers to see how they play these next two weeks. Do they yeah. go? Do they go to the Roosters route? You know, play one half, and then put in subs, or do they put their foot on the neck and let Reason over play three out of the four quarters? You know, I don't know. Interesting, but that's win or loss. I guess we'll talk about that when we get to tough questions next. All right, let's get into it. Tough questions. What are some questions that teams need to answer this upcoming week of games? We'll start with the first game, which is going to be Wolverines versus
2: the Eagles. Uh, Chris, who you got a question for? I got a question for the Wolverines. Of course I do. Wolverines, how have you spent your bye week? What have you Hmm. done offense to show us that you are legitimate contenders to the maple league this season and you can show us in this game because you can try some things against the eagles see if it works if it works and you like it then maybe you can try against some of these tougher teams so how have you used the bye week Have you used it well my question will be for the eagles it'll be
1: can you play spoiler i mean that's what you're playing for right now can you upset the balance of things. You're supposed this is marked off as a win for the Wolverines. It's already on the calendar. Like we have it in pencil, but we're ready to put a marker on there as soon as the game starts or ends. But can you make that a you know mistake? Can you upset this team that had a week off, has shown plenty of vulnerabilities? Like the Wolverines are not Goliath. Like they're beatable. You know they're beatable, but do you have what it takes to give them your everything and beat them? And honestly, why not? This is it. You got two more weeks. Both of these are your opportunities. Actually, no, this is the Eagles' last game. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule. This <laughs> is it. It's, yep. it. it's not where to go home. It's go home no matter what. So you might as well, last hurrah, uh, you might as well go, go to Helsinki. Put your best foot forward and, and show us what you got. I mean, this is your last chance to get a win in the Maple League this season. Could be your first and only win in the Maple League. Uh most likely again relegated next season. So I, I think it's a perfect opportunity. Can you play spoiler? This is a perfect opportunity. There's there's no downside to anything you try in this game.
2: Except I can answer that try- question now. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't give them a chance, huh? Oh man. <laughs> I only thing I would say that I, I would not suggest the Eagles try to do is anything that is, you know, illegal, illicit, or shady. Don't try starting fights or getting players ejected from the Wolverines or something like that. You know, have some class, but I would say play to the whistle. I'd say make there be a couple of, oh, well, you were blocking too long plays. I'm I'm okay with that. I would say show up and show this team that you're still a team and they need to take you seriously. Of all the teams in this league, the Wolverines are the one team that will, you know, they're they're willing to play down to your level. So you have a chance, and I feel that is 100% true. I think coming off a bye week, this is the perfect opportunity. So, again, my question is, can you play spoiler? Uh, Next game is – Quopio Steelers versus the Porvoo Butchers. Uh,
2: who you got a question for, Chris? So my question is going to be for the Steelers. Steelers, how are you going to approach this game? We kind of touched on it previously in the in the last segment, but are you going to play your starters? Are you going to try some new things? Do you need to try some new things? for the mm-hmm. playoffs, in preparation for the playoffs. Because all the teams have played you twice now, what are you going to put in to maybe change it up if you need to? Or are you just going to give Lee Anthony reason over the ball and just let him go to town? So are you going to try anything different in preparation for the playoffs? Uh,
1: my question for the butchers would actually be
0: um, – uh, I'm trying to phrase it correctly. My question would be
1: uh, – no, that's not the way to say it. All right, well, I'm just going to say it the way I'm thinking. Do you think there's a chance? That's my question. Hmm. Do you think there's a chance? Because you're four and six. You have two weeks left. If you win both of these and the Wolverines lose both of their games – you could be tied but they have tiebreakers so i don't know i don't i don't think playoffs is in the in the story i think line. we said this last week i think mathematically they're out now yeah even if they, even if they tied at six and six they don't have any tiebreakers which is that's the biggest problem you don't you haven't beat any of the teams that are above you so i don't think you could do anything about that but i still would play is is there a chance you know is there a chance that you're better than what you have shown so far. Maybe that's how you can look at it. Um, I've called you to the Dallas Cowboys of, of the Maple league. I still hold that to be true. This is a good team. The butcher is a good team. They should have, they should have beat the Crusaders by three touchdowns, but they didn't, but they didn't. They should have beat the, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. They do that too. Oh, they, pick Cowboys. Good team, but don't, live up to their potential. They should have beat the crocodiles of all teams in the first week of the season Mm. They let them get away with it. Let them get away with a field goal. Let them throw an out route with less than a minute left in the game. They will throw an out route and get down the field and kick a field goal. I'm always going to go back to that. First game of the season. You got to be ready. And this team has always been good at times and just not good at others. And it's really disappointing because I feel like Brandon Grinner has had almost an MVP-type season this year, legitimately – Every time I watch him, I'm like, he might be the best player in the league. And then obviously I remember that Lee Anthony Reason over his playing. But you know, <laughs> if I if I acted like, you know, the Steelers didn't exist, he would he'd be on my list as probably number one or number two. Um, just based on how he he handles his team and how he gives this team a chance. I just feel like the rest of the team isn't supporting him the way he needs to be supported. But this is one of those games. Maybe you don't beat the Steelers. Maybe you don't. But I tell you this much. If they come out with their backups, you make them put in their starters. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. You have to make this a game. You can't let these last two weeks of games be cakewalk for anybody. Eagles and butchers are in a very similar situation. You're playing for pride. And if you're not playing for pride, don't show up on the goddamn field. Like, that's all I'm saying is that go out there, play football, see what happens. You never know. Maybe there's some weird rules in SAJL and if you're at 6-6 and and you got a certain amount of difference in points in the league that it doesn't matter that you lost to the Wolverines or something. Who knows? You never really know. I'm just saying. Maybe there's a chance. Do you think there's a chance? If you think there's a chance that you can prove that you're better than what your record is showing, this will be it. If you beat the Steelers in this game, whether they have backups or starters, if you beat the Steelers, it will prove that you had more potential that you didn't play up to throughout the season. And it gives you something to hang your hat on as you go into the offseason. And that's all I want for them guys, just to prove that they're the Dallas Cowboys. Good team, just can't do it when I need it. Inconsistent. Now we'll talk about the Helsinki Roosters versus Sineaki Crocodiles this weekend. And let's remember that both of these teams are seven and three. Q, who do you have a question for?
0: You know, my biggest question is is for the crocodiles. Um, this they're in the gauntlet of of games right now. I mean, playing, uh, yes, you know the top the top teams um, right before the playoffs. Um, so these are a lot of brutal games, physically and mentally. But these are the type of games that you want to go through going into the playoffs. If you can, uh, even if you don't necessarily win them, if you can go into these games executing, putting up points. And maybe some of your players maybe, you know, not really playing or healing up maybe for the playoffs. It's a very important game still uh, for both sides. But for me, I think the Crocodiles, um, what are we going to see going into the playoffs? Are we going to see more of how um, – are we going to see them open it up, Whitehead open it up on the offense? Uh, because they have the players to win the game. Let's not let's not get it twisted. Um the, any given day with the crocodiles can can be a different game. Sometimes they're like really on and sometimes they're a little inconsistent. But um this is not the team that I would want to play going to the playoffs. Um Crocs. Or I wouldn't want to yeah I wouldn't want to play the Crocs going to the playoffs right now. Because they're just they're they're looking to make something happen. You know, like it's yeah. like they're they're trying to spoil something for the roosters and they're trying to gain something for themselves. So this is a this is a dangerous team right now um, where they're sitting. I mean, record wise, um, I think this is one of the Crocs' best records in like, I mean, since Spencer Cutler and Tim Timothy Thomas. Yeah, you those days. I mean? That's that's those days. So, Crocodiles isn't a slouch of a team. Um, they're not always pretty, but they're they're getting W's, and that's what you want. But so this this is, this game will probably be to me a game of the week. Um, it'll be yeah, a game definitely. to watch. You know, and I think everybody would be excited to see, like, what happens in this game. So, um, Crocodiles, are you ready, basically?
1: My question would be for the Roosters, and I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it because I never know how to phrase these questions. I know what I want to know, but I'm trying to make it in the form of the question. I'd be putting myself in a box here. But my question for the Roosters would be, you know, can you prove it? Can you prove that you belong in this Maple Bowl conversation that we're having? Um, When we think about, you know, the top two teams, we think Steelers at one. Subjectively, you would say Wolverines at two and then Crocs. But we've seen the Crocs can beat the Wolverines. So maybe it's Crocs, then Wolverines. But you don't really put the Roosters in the conversation. Beating the Crocodiles this weekend, that would put them in a conversation. And also, it would do a great thing for the playoff race. Because if Mm. the Roosters win this game, they go eight and four. Um, Just to put this in there, you need to beat the Crocs by 12 because they beat you by 12 last time. They need to at least beat them by, I guess, 13 to have a tiebreaker. And if they were to do that, and then the Crocs win the last game, Roosters could win or they could actually lose their last game against the Steelers. No problem. And the Wolverines went out. If everybody's eight and four and the Roosters beat the Crocs, then everybody has a tiebreaker on everybody. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, because the, the crocodiles have tiebreaker over the Wolverines. The Wolverines have tiebreaker over the Roosters. Cause they beat the Roosters by more than the Roosters beat them. So if the Roosters can beat the Crocs by more than what the Crocs beat them last time, all three teams would have beaten each other enough that the tiebreakers is tied. And normally, I don't know, and don't don't take my word for this, but normally when it's like a three-way tie for something, in in the SAJL, there's a coin flip. Yeah. I would love, I would just love, and this is why my (laughs) question for the Roosters is, you know, uh, can you prove it? I would love there to be a three-way tie for second place and second, third, and fourth be chosen by coin flips. So we could Man. be looking at we could be looking at the Roosters jumping up to second place based on a coin flip, and maybe the Crocs being fourth place based on a yeah. coin flip. Like that would be crazy if in two weeks from now the Crocodiles were the fourth place team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like most of the scenarios you look at, the Crocs are two, three at worst if they lose, yeah. but. It's actually possible that if the Roosters win this game and put up enough points, not that whole putting your backups when you're winning stuff, but if the Roosters win this game and put up enough points, they could be setting up a three-way tie that boosts them to second place and home field advantage.
0: Man, it would be, <laughs> be crazy. That would be
1: that crazy. <laughs> that would change my – like, that's just craziness. That's what it should be. But, yeah, that's the tough questions, and, I mean – that's the whole thing about the playoffs that's coming up is these next two weeks. Actually, I, I feel like this game is the pivotal game. Yeah. If the if the crocodiles win it, roosters can't do better than eight and four, but they yeah. wouldn't have any tiebreakers, so it doesn't even matter their last game. Even if they yeah. lost it, they'd still be the four seed. But if the roosters win it, how much they win it by, and next week's games actually. Count because if the Roosters win this one and next week, that will make them nine and five, and they'd actually be the two play. seed. Yeah, and then going into next week, they're they're playing the Steelers. Steelers might not care.
0: Yeah, they definitely probably not playing, you know, yeah. the whole game anyway.
1: So you don't. So for the Roosters, they got to go all in on this game to force all the other teams to play their last games as well. But if the Roosters lose playoffs are set pretty much unless the butchers play spoiler in the last week but you know i'm not trusting that dallas cowboys don't really do that type of stuff at the end of the season but <laughs> that's the tough questions that'll be it look good play good it's as simple as that and ray athletics will help you look good in their fully customizable team uniforms made by players for players Ray Athletics produces high quality uniforms for teams all over Europe. Rayer also allows teams to design custom apparel for comfortable travel and workout purposes. Visit Rayer.se today to take your team to the next level. Stay sharp. Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Wolverines versus the Eagles. Then the Steelers and the Butchers play on Friday with the Roosters versus Crocodiles as the final game on Saturday. Our panel of football enthusiasts will pick winners for this week's game on our Instagram account, at American football in Finland. Feel free to find us in the comments with your thoughts. Uh, right now, our rankings, I think this is how I was going to finish because I feel like for the next two weeks, we're going to be straight shot. Everybody makes the same picks. Uh, Chris Green, 33-3. That's impressive to only get mm. three games wrong out of 36. That is impressive. There we go. <laughs> And uh, everyone listening or someone or anyone watching on the line, you can say what you want to, but that's impressive. And ain't nobody else getting numbers like that. And if you are, you're not putting it up every week where people can just talk trash about it. Like we are. So I don't want to hear anything from anybody. Actually, if you got something to say, you can say it's cool. I'm I'm okay with that. And then Finland, Swami is 30 and five. Spencer is 31 and five. 31 and 5. He's
2: 30 and 5 also. He can't be
1: 31 and 5. Right? He can't be 36 games. It should be. So so Swami's 31 and 5 as well, then. I must have wrote the numbers down wrong. Because Swami was one game behind you, and now he's two games behind you because last week he got the one game wrong. Yeah, I just didn't write his numbers right. All right, I mean, correct that. Finland Swami is 31 and 5. Spencer is 31 and 5. Perfect purpose myself. I'm 30 and 6. And Coach Q is 30 and 6. That's still impressive. 30 or 6. Yep. I mean, look, 30 out of 36. What's the what's that in quick math? I did, that's like 5 out of 6. Hold up. I don't know what kind of numbers I go to. 5. I don't know. But we About got a lot of right. 83%. 80, yeah, 80% right gosh that's that's tough well uh, i still feel like i could have done better if i wouldn't have took some chances don't the, don't give me that <laughs> i could have done better i just didn't I, I i took chances and i was burned you know i when i chose when i chose the crocodiles to win they lost when i chose the wolverines to win they lost so it's like what you gonna do those are two and three and they're supposed to be two or three you know a couple of times I chose the Roosters to win; they won, so that was good. I, I
2: always get—I I say this in our chat all the time—I always get scared when Finland Swami picks an upset because most of the time they're right, but this season they've been wrong every time on the upset fix, which is which is quite. <laughs> in, they they pick the Crocodiles beat the Steelers, and I was like, oh no, they do—they on that voodoo shit again. But <laughs> the Steelers pulled out. It,
1: it's just one of those things. Sometimes you just hope. Sometimes you make picks and you're just hoping that you know no, they, they come through and. Upset the balance of things, but as we've said before, um probably not on a podcast, but we're being a little more open on podcast now. So I'll say it on the podcast: is pretty much. Oh crap, my phone's on. Didn't know that. um <laughs> Pretty much after the the first couple of weeks, after everybody plays everybody about once, you kind of know how it's gonna go. But, I mean, in the second half of the season, look at it. The, really, the only shakeup was the Crocs losing – no, the Crocs beating the Wolverines and then the Roosters beating the Wolverines. So beating the Wolverines was the only shakeup. Other than that, teams are winning what they, we expect them to win. The Crusaders only that's beat my, the Eagles. The Eagles beat two, nobody.
2: That's two of my, my three L's as well. The Wolverines screw me every twice.
1: <laughs> I told you, all you can't – you can't be living on the Wolverines. They, they will set you up. But also, I do feel that if the Dallas Cowboys of the, of the Maple League would have won a couple of games, I'd have more wins or more losses. I don't know. But it would have it changed the whole landscape if the
2: Butchers could well, beat somebody. you have picking the Dallas Cowboys, man. Don't rely on the Cowboys. I don't,
1: I don't think it was me. I really think it was, like, Spencer or somebody that picked them when they played, like, the Roosters or something. And yeah, I think I, I said the – week. I think I picked against them, but I thought they were going to win, if that makes any sense. It's like, I feel like they can win, but I'm not going to chance it because they're the Dallas Cowboys of, of the Maple League. If everybody would take that same approach with the Wolverines, you know, we maybe we all could have got the games right. Who knows? Because <laughs> if you got those two games wrong, everybody probably got those two games wrong. And then we all got other games wrong. I don't know. We're, we're over talking it. Let's get out of here. That's it for this episode of American football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here?
0: Hey, you know, like, as always looking forward to, you know, this week's games, we got the, the Roosters game, you know, and Crocs a classic rivalry. <laughs> I won't say cross town rivalry. I'll say cross country rivalry. It's a long trip, but, um, you know, we're just looking forward to these, just being of the season, getting ready for the playoffs. I hope everybody's excited as we are uh, to see how this plays out. We got a lot of people, a lot of worries invested in this season, so uh, we're coming down to crunch time right now. So, um, you know, good luck to everybody, man. Give us, give us everything you got, man. We want to see.
2: Well, man, I'm up early this morning recording this podcast. I'm off to Egypt today. 11, 11 nights vacation. Can't wait. It's gonna be like. 39, 40 degrees in the heat, just chilling for for a vacation. It's been, I think, at least two, maybe three years since I've been on a summer holiday, so I can't wait. It's going to be decent. Is it going to be like a, a dry heat or like yeah, a... It should be a dry heat, not humid, yeah. it would mm. be dry over there, so it's not as bad. Like, humid. We've had some crazy heat here in the UK the last two weeks. It's been like 35, 36 degrees some days, and it's been really humid, um, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the holiday, and it's, it's. I think it's. I think we're expecting some rain this week in the UK as well, so I've timed it perfectly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you leave the rain, leave it in the UK, and you go to Egypt and have fun out there. I'm excited to get to the playoffs. Uh, honestly, I feel like the season is dragging on. Let's just get to it. I'm excited that the women's are going to start pretty soon. So I'll get more into the women's league as they get into the playoffs. And we'll have, you know, more content and stuff coming out this weekend and just keep it up with everything. So it's pretty cool. And just one last shout out about the Turkey bowl coming up guys. Um, we're doing this thing where if you're in Finland, you can sign up early for a Turkey bowl and it's a little bit cheaper for a team. It's like 150 bucks, I think to sign up a team, but also we are accepting international teams. So, you know, Chris, if, Got yeah, squad and want to come out to Finland
2: in November. We're playing indoors, so you want to bring a squad out. I might, here. To, I might have to let my my flag team know, man. I'm playing flag in what? the UK now. I don't know if you know, but yeah,
1: I, f- I figured you were but I hadn't to about I'm playing flag now, division one for a bit. Well, tell t- t- mm. them to bring it. They can come out here and take this L. And we, and we play they <laughs> they take an L. That's what's gonna happen. They come out here and take hey, an L. If, if I'm coming out there, though, I wouldn't be playing for you guys. <laughs> and, now, you can play for us, but then you're going to have that loyalty problem because then you're going to have to go back to the U.K. and they're going to be like, so you just went over there and gave us an L and now we're supposed to pass you the ball? <laughs> yeah. If you want them problems, no problem. You're definitely, definitely welcome to play on Team Revolution because, you know, we're relaunching this year. Shout out to um, – what's her team called? Uh, is it Lions Flag football team? You know who you are, but that that's the – the team that basically won it last year and took the title from the AFF revolution. So we'd like to get our trophy back and our first place medals. So that's, that's who we're putting the target on this year is the flag lions football team. So uh, it is what it is. Okay. So if you enjoy the show, please follow us wherever you listen to your podcast and don't forget to rate us five stars as well. Anything less tells us you are a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American football in Finland by following us on all channels. You have a chance to win football merch provided by our sponsors at rare athletics. Be sure to follow the instructions in the episode description below until next time. Never forget T I F. We we go.
0: American football in Finland